This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. One of my favorite places to go is to go to mountains. Now, don't you enjoy the mountains? Seeing the Smoky Mountains, the Rocky Mountains. There's so much beauty there. And it's such a relaxing atmosphere when you go to the mountains. And when you see those great, beautiful mountains, you're just reminded of the handiwork of God Almighty. Today, we want to think about mountains. I want to think about mountain top living. I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. This course is designed to help you in your study of the Bible. We want you to have it in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Let me read a couple of passages out of the 8th chapter of Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse number 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. When you study the Bible, one of the things that becomes apparent to you are the great chapters in the Bible. Suppose a person wanted to study about the creation of the world. Well, then you'd go to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Those two chapters are about the creation of life and all living things on the face of the earth. Suppose you wanted to study a chapter in the Bible about the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, and His burial in the tomb, His triumphant resurrection. Well, you could study the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Suppose that you wanted to study a chapter that would uh, tell you about love. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is all about love, a great chapter. Suppose you wanted to study about faith. Well, the 11th chapter of Hebrews is a chapter about faith. What, what, what if you wanted to study about how the church had its beginning? Then you would study the second chapter of Acts because that chapter tells us about the beginning of the church in the city of Jerusalem. So there are a lot of great chapters in the Bible. Romans 8th chapter is one of those great chapters. And if I were to give that chapter a title, 
I would call it mountaintop living. Someone has said that the eighth chapter of Romans is the highest peak, the mount, highest mountain peak in all of God's revelation. And there's so much to be learned from the eighth chapter of Romans about what it really means to live the Christian life. I read about a woman some time ago by the name of Bertha. I'll just call her first name. And she was found dead in the little place where she lived. She only weighed just a, a few pounds. I think it was about 50 pounds when they found her. Uh, she lived a very poor life. Uh, she got her clothing from the Salvation Army. She begged for food to eat. She had very little. But the thing that was so alarming is that when the authorities began to go through her effects, they learned that Bertha had a small fortune, several hundred thousand dollars, and yet she died a pauper. That, that reminds me of the way that some people live their lives. We have riches at our disposal, but sometimes we don't live like that. Several years back, I saw someone with a little pin on their lapel, and it said, Ask me. And so I ventured out, and I said, Well, now, what is it that you're wanting people to ask you? And then they reached in their pocket, and they pulled out a little track, a little pamphlet. And they said, Did you know someone died and left you a fortune? And that was the title of the track, telling about Christ and the way of salvation. You know, someone died and left you a fortune. We just need to be wise enough to realize it. We want to look at the 8th chapter of Romans and, and see some of the characteristics of this mountain top living. First of all, we know that the chapter begins with this expression, no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Earlier in the book of Romans, in the first chapter of Romans and in verse 18, Paul said that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God's wrath has been revealed from heaven. And, and God is concerned about sin. And His wrath is going to be revealed against sin and sinners. But there is a way to be out from under that curse. To be out from under the wrath of God. To not be a condemned person. That's because of Christ. In Romans 5, in verse 9, Paul said, Much more than being justified by His blood, we are saved from wrath through Him. We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from condemnation because of Jesus Christ. And Paul, in verse 1, says, There is therefore now, that's right now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus.
In John the third chapter, we learn that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus' purpose in coming into this world was not to condemn us. Jesus' purpose in coming into the world was to save us. So Jesus is not in the condemning business. He's in the saving business, the soul-saving business. And there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There are some things we learn here in Romans 1, uh, chapter 8 and verse 1. But first of all, we learn that we have a new position. Well, when we become children of God, we do have a new position, and that position is now we're in Christ. That expression, in Christ, is found numerous times in the writings of the New Testament. And it talks about a position. It talks about a relationship. There's a new position. And no longer are we out of Christ and condemned, but now we're in Christ and we're saved. Now, in order that we might really appreciate the benefit of being in Christ, I read to you from Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, the position and the place where all spiritual blessings are found are in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2 and 12, Paul talked about those that are without Christ. They don't have Christ, and they're lost in their sins. They're without hope. They're without God in this world. And so those who are in Christ have hope. They have God. They have Christ. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That's a new position that we have. And in order for a person to be in Christ and to have access to all spiritual blessings that are in Christ, what must one do? We're going to allow the Apostle Paul to answer the question, what one must do in order to be in Jesus Christ. I'm reading to you now from the Epistle of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 26 and verse 27. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is talking about people that are God's sons and daughters. Those that are the children of God have God as their father. And we're all children of God by faith in Christ. Now, the question is, if there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ, how then, Paul, does one get into Christ? Verse 27 of Galatians 3. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Have you put Christ on? Are you living in Him? Do you have that new position of being in Christ? Well, how do we obtain that? By being baptized into Christ. I've heard people try to explain what that doesn't mean. 
I've heard people try to explain that. That doesn't mean now that you're baptized in water, immersed in water to be put into Christ. That it, that it means something else, friends. Let's not try to explain it away because we have a theory about something else. It just means what it says. In order that I might not be condemned, have that new position to be in Christ, as a believer in Christ, I'm baptized to be put into Christ and to put on Jesus Christ. You recall Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. See, when we believe in Christ and are baptized upon the confession of our faith in Christ, as a penitent confessing believer, we're put into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into Christ and we now have access to all the spiritual blessings that are in Him. Well, let's look at another thing that we have here. We have a new law. And it's a law that liberates. Look at verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And when we obey the gospel truth, we are made free from sin. Listen to Paul in Romans, the sixth chapter, verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin. Well, when were they made free from sin? They were made free from sin then. Well, then when? When they obeyed that form of doctrine. When they obeyed a form of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they were made free from sin. They were made free from sin. That's what's involved in what the Bible calls obedience to the gospel. When we obey the gospel, then our, we are saved. You see, Paul wrote in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is when we obey a form of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we are saved from our sins. It's the gospel that saves. And so that's the law he's talking about, the law of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also you have received, wherein you stand, and by which you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, that He arose again the third day according to the Scripture. Now Paul said, I preach the gospel to you, you're saved by the gospel, and I preach to you about the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ. But those are just facts, aren't they? Those are facts to believe. The fact about the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, those are facts to believe. And the Corinthians had obeyed that gospel. In Acts 18 and 8, we learn what they did in obeying that gospel. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. They heard the gospel. They believed the gospel. They obeyed the gospel by believing, repenting of their sins, confessing that they believe, and being baptized into Jesus Christ. You see... We have a new law 
that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Oh, isn't it wonderful to live on the mountaintop in Jesus Christ? You see why this is referred to as the highest mountain peak in all of God's revelation? No condemnation. And because of that, we have a new way to walk. Look in Romans 8 and 1 again. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but they walk how? According to the Spirit. We're not walking according to the way the world lives. Oh, no. Well, that, that's, that doesn't belong to us anymore. Paul wrote about that in Romans 12 when he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the wor this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Paul said, don't be conformed to the world. Now here in Romans chapter 8, he says that those who are now in Jesus Christ, they're no longer condemned, and they're not walking after the flesh. They're not walking according to the dictates of the flesh, the dictates of the world, but they're walking after the Spirit. They're living a spiritually minded life. And look in Romans 8 and verse 6 again, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life in peace. You see, because we're no longer condemned, because we're in Jesus Christ, have this new position, we, we have this new way to live our lives. And what a difference Jesus makes. I have known of people who were given over to the habit of alcohol. And they became Christians. They put that life behind them. I'm thinking of a man now who had been drinking for about five or six weeks and, and his wife had been driven almost to distraction because of, of his drunkenness. I went over to his house. Uh, it was requested I come and try to talk to him and to reason with him. And we found out that we knew some of the same people. And he told me in his drunken way, Preacher, I'm going to come to church and, and I'm going to let you baptize me. Well, two weeks later, he and his wife attended the service where I was preaching at the time. And when we sang the invitation song, he walked down the aisle and both of them were baptized into Christ. And from that day, until the last day he lived on this earth, he never took another drink. Some of the men in the church knew him because of his reputation in the community. And they said he is known as a town drunk. Oh, what a difference Jesus makes. You can stop walking after the flesh, start walking after things that are spiritual in nature. No condemnation. But you know, not only that, you've got a new model to live by. Isn't it a wonderful thing to have a model? You know, Romans 8 verse 9 says, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Jesus is our model to live by. If you want to know how to conduct yourself, learn all you can about Christ. He left us an example that we ought to follow, according to 1 Peter 2, 21. And I, I think about 
when I was in grade school and I, I remember the teacher trying to teach me how to write in cursive. And she would pass out sheets of paper and up at the top of the piece of paper there would be the letters already printed on there in cursive, A through Z. And she would tell us, and, and, and she said, now you just copy the perfect letter up at the top and you copy and you try to write it underneath there, all the way down to the bottom of the page. And so... Here she had the perfect letters up at the top. They were printed so neatly. And so I would get down under the A and I would try to write A just like the, the, the illustration up at the top of the page. And then I'd go to B all the way across the page, A to Z. Now, when I would get down to the third line, rather than going up to the top of the page, I would go to the one that I had just written. And I'd try to copy it. And I'd do that with the next line. I'd copy the line that I'd just written before. And by the time I got to the bottom of the page, the last letters that I had written from A to Z at the bottom of the page nowhere resemble the model that I had at the top of the page. If we want to duplicate in our lives the life of Jesus... Folks, we've got to stick with a perfect example. And Jesus is that perfect example to tell me how to live my life every day. We're to have, we need to start thinking like Jesus thought. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus had a mind of humility. Jesus had a mind of love. Jesus had a mind of forgiveness. Jesus had a mind of, uh, of compassion. Jesus had a mind of, of uh, obedience, commitment. We need to start thinking like Christ. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But you know, there's another thing we learn out of Romans chapter 8. We're not alienated. We're not alienated from God. In our nation today, people are talking about those that are aliens. That is, they are illegally in our nation. And technically, there are aliens in this country. And really, Christians are living in rebel territory in this old world. And there's a sense in which even Christians are aliens. But we're not alienated from God. Now here's the reason. Look at verse 14 of chapter 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? They're the sons of God. And because you're a son, you're in the family, you see. Verse 15, if you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear... But you receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That means Father, Father. We now have God as our Father. We're no longer alienated from Him. We're in the family. Have you ever stopped to think about what a blessed privilege it is to be able to call God your Father? To be His child, to be in the family. 
First John 3 and 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God, that is, the children of God. And so we're children of God. We're in the family of God. We're children because we've been born in God's, into God's family, aren't we? To be able to call God Father, you must be His child. To be His child, you must be born again. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus asked, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, we're talking about how to get into the family of God. I just read it to you earlier, how to get into the family of God, so that you can call God your Father. For as many, for you're all children of God, by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. So the way we become members of the family of God is by believing on Christ and being baptized as a penitent, confessing believer, baptized into Christ. Romans 3, 27. Now you can call God your Father. You see, you're no longer alienated. And because you're in the family, he says in verse number 17, if children, that's what we are now, if you've been born again into the family of God, born of water and the Spirit, believed on Christ, repented of your sins, confessed your faith in Christ, been baptized into Christ, if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. How would you feel if someone knocked on your door today and they said, you know, we've learned that you are a long lost heir of one of the wealthiest people ever lived on the face of this earth. And they have left you a, not a small fortune. They've left you a large fortune. I have an idea after you, you uh, were able to sit down and compose yourself. You, you'd be, your, your mind would begin to race. with what, what am I going to do with all of that money? I can pay off my house note. I can pay off my car. I can get all of my bills current. Don't worry. I don't think that's going to happen. But my friend, if you're in the family of God, you are heir to some of the, to the riches of God and the riches of heaven. And there's nothing that compared to what you're going to receive on the other side of life's great divide. You're no longer alienated from God. Now, I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And the Lord willing, we will continue our study of mountaintop living on another telecast. But I want to take this time to invite you personally to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.